a very very important win for us uh, recently on a on a case of parental alienation. I'm so happy for our client. Although we couldn't solve the parental alienation aspect, mm-hmm. so case study client in a bitter divorce, bitter bitter divorce. He decides to uh, separate from his wife. Things aren't working out. And um, they separate. And over the course of uh, a few months, he is seeing his daughter, their daughter. And then after a short while, she cuts off contact with him. And eventually, he continues to try and... Maintain access. Maintain access, or what we call now shared parenting. And wants to be involved in her life and know about what's going on with her health and her education. And eventually, about a year out, she goes to her vice principal of her school and says, I don't want my dad having any information about me because he sexually abused me. What was the key moment, though, when she suddenly decided she didn't want to see him anymore? She got introduced to his new girlfriend. We'll give that as a backdrop. But she goes to, and that's an important point because that seems to be a pivotal issue. So she says to her vice principal, um, I don't want my dad having any information about me whatsoever. Vice principal asks why. Well, I was sexually abused. And then eventually she gets introduced to children's aid and then gives a statement to Almost police. immediately because there's an obligation to report. Yeah. And this is actually an important aspect because they were very well aware of the reporting process. She was very well informed of how the law works. Because, because her mother was a family her mother law lawyer. was a lawyer, a family court lawyer. So clients charged with uh, um, a number of sexual assault and sexual interference allegations. And then as we dig into the file, we find that um, he's having pretty good access and, and, and contact with his daughter up to a particular point where he sets up an arrangement to meet with his girlfriend and her daughter and they decide to go out for mini golf which is like natural you know you separate you find a new partner they have a child after the new partner has children after about six seven eight nine months whatever you might want to introduce your own children to your new partner but you take your time to do it so he does that and the well i mean i, th- I think the findings of the the trial judge contain a lot of very valuable comments and one of the things that was also going on was that this child became convinced by her mother that her father was forcing them to sell the family home and this was devastating to her and it was going on the moment that he was found to be dating a new person um, then movements were made to discuss whether or not to sell the the matrimonial home. Yeah, so that, that's the pivotal was, issue. Yeah, and so this is, but this is key because this is the way parental alienation works. A decision to make to to sell the home was being was a joint discussion between all the parties involved, and yet the alienating parent will will tell the child that the father, as in this case, the father's making us move. The father's making you lose your house. Right. So I'm taking this slowly because we've spoken about this file on a couple of other podcasts, but it really stuck out with us. There's been two or three cases with parental alienation as sort of the 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 overarching issue in the case. And so 
I'll, I'm going to have to go slow. I'm sorry. So they have this date. They go out. They play mini golf. Everything seems fine. After that occasion, he has never seen his daughter again, save and except for him then applying to get access. He goes through the family court, tries to get um, access, reunification therapy. He was granted, because you have to be granted reunification therapy where the child is told that they have to attend. But in many cases, the child can refuse to attend. Right. So it gets reunification therapy. They have a number of sessions together. He has some uh, access in a public sphere. So like they'd go to dinner or go to a coffee shop. But eventually she cuts it all off. All gone. And I just want to point out too that a lot of people who may be watching this right now will identify what's going on and what we're talking about. They call it the silver bullet. It's it's the guaranteed way to make sure that you get sole custody and that that uh, the child is alienated. These right. types of allegations. So um, once he's completely cut off, he continues to try and be involved in the child's life, ultimately leading to her uh, allegation to the vice principal. So there was a real effort by this this client to have continued access and involvement with his daughter. Continued attempts to go through therapy, through arbitration, meeting with professionals, all of that. Yet at the end of the day, he's charged with having sexually abused her from age six, six ish, to... Because she kind of changed, yeah, but from around six years to the time she was 12. Right. So from a time that he was still in the marriage... Um, but intensifying during the separation leading up to the time stupid to the time that she stops any contact with him you've got to understand that time frame here because of the way we had to deal with the case but it's absurd and just to remind people who are listening this is a case in which our client was found factually innocent that is so rare we have five of these yeah we, we've been successful a number of times and, and the phenomenon uh, and we're going to get to how this is being addressed by feminist groups but the phenomenon of parental alienation is becoming very well known and it unfortunately it happens a lot and it, it is extremely rare for people to go to court and be found factually innocent normally they'll just say oh i have a, a reasonable doubt and the you know it's uh, in essence an attempt to i think be kind towards all the witnesses and to not, um, you know, make complainants feel like, like they weren't heard. But a finding of factual innocence like we had in this case is so important for people to understand not just do people say this happens, it does happen. And, and you know, but the risk you take when you go to court is it's so easy for people to be convicted, even in the same circumstances. Yeah. Without proper advocacy, they could easily be convicted. 100%. So these are all excellent points. The reason I'm going slowly through this is you can imagine a parent, whether it's a man or a woman, seeking arbitration, going to therapeutic reunification therapy. So you're exposing yourself to professionals about getting access with your your child. And the child is part of the process. So you can imagine if you're going to do this, that any type of allegation could come out during the arbitration or the, the therapy. And it didn't in the, our case. It only came out well afterward. 
So that's important. That's interesting too because she had access to like this. This was an over uh, therapized. I don't know yeah. what the actual word is for it, but she's so many over therapied. Yeah, yeah, so many therapists involved. He were specifically trying to get to the heart of what her problems were, and despite all of these numerous therapists, not once did she ever say anything about this alleged sexual abuse. Correct. So prior to that, there were a lot of complaints, and and Diana, you said this. There was like, you're forcing mean mom to sell the house we're losing the farm um my life is changing you've ruined my life x y and z mom's sick mom's sick and you know a lot of these are actually common you know a child may blame one of the parents who've left the marriage for these types of things but you could see over time an alignment with the mother in this case and this poor guy gets charged with multiple multiple counts of sexual assault and sexual interference from age six to, again, what was it, 12, 11? Like, I'm not really sure. Well, she was really She was vague. But this is an important thing for people to remember when they're charged with this type of thing, too, is it doesn't matter. When you go to court, they can change, you know, say, oh, I, I was six. Oh, no, wait, I was eight. You know? Uh, right. Then but, they can say, oh, well, I think it went on till this time. They can totally change it. And absolutely no negative inferences are drawn in their testimony in terms of credibility for having changed the time frame. You're right. But we were talking about like not a couple of years. We were talking about a four to six year period of time. And then what was interesting in our case was that the um, the complainant's mother, our client's ex-wife, yeah. was never interviewed by police and never um, was intended to be a witness for the prosecution, which is really rare. So never interviewed because she claimed that despite, uh, you know, having allegedly informed her daughter about sexual abuse at a very young age, that apparently she took zero interest in any of these things going on. And she specifically stated that she had nothing to offer because she made a point of not asking her own daughter about alleged sexual abuse that had occurred to her, her own daughter. There's very few mothers who wouldn't find themselves compelled to have asked such, such questions. Well, but even more importantly, um, leaving that aside, the police would normally interview. So let's took, let's look at this from a forensic point of view. The police would normally interview the other parent and say, okay, so from this time frame, tell us about what was going on at home. Tell us about X's interaction with the complainant. Tell us about the, the complainant's behavior. Were there problems in school? Were there problems with health? Were there, you know, issues with respect to how she related to her father? Miraculously, that never occurred in this case. It was strategic. Right. It was strategic on the part of the mother to distance herself from the criminal case. And make sure she, she could be cross-examined by you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was totally obvious. But, but frightening. Think about that for a moment. It's frightening. Because the mother purposely stayed out of this. It was solely on the child's evidence. There was clearly an acrimonious uh, divorce with lots of experts involved. With the child being put, as always, put, being put right in the middle of the divorce. And yet, you know, nobody, like, nobody applied their mind to, well, you know, maybe this is manipulated. Nothing. Mm, I know. But okay, let's look for a minute at the term parental alienation. It's pretty gender neutral, isn't it? Yes. 
We're talking about parents. We're not saying... It doesn't mean male or female, father, mother. We're not saying that women can't be parental... Uh, and they are. They are. And I've, I've worked with them and, and met a number of them, and, and it's just as sad when it happens right. to them. But the, the term parental alienation is gender neutral, and it allows for either parent to be the victim of Absolutely such a correct. thing. Absolutely correct. Yes. But now, now, apparently parental alienation is a term that should be banned from court because women who are presumed to be victims are being found to be guilty of parental alienation so often that this is seen to be some sort of injustice against women. And there has been a suggestion. Who's suggesting this? Why? How has this come up? This is really important. Yeah. But we're going to come back to the case a bit because, but this is a great segue. This is legitimately being pushed out there now. And I, I kind of want to, you know, when I was reading this, oh my it, God. it's not funny at all, but when I was reading this, the term is nothing sacred came into my mind, which is a line from a, from a, you know, the, the Blue Eagle character on a Muppet Christmas thing when they had a two-headed Santa Claus. Uh, he is nothing sacred, Sam the Eagle. But they now want to change parental alienation to child and mother sabotage. Who's they? They So there's some academics uh, working with we the group. We have to be careful about who they is. Yeah, I know, I know. Because there's been a push to put in parental alienation into the DSM uh, uh, category. That has not happened. But it is gender neutral. Right. So who's they? What are they trying to push? So This is really important. Yeah. Really important. There's always an acronym I know you given. want me to rage a little bit tonight. And I'm going to rage. I'm going to ramp up, okay? But go. So this you is, go, girl. Go. This is, this is shortened to C-A-M-S, CAMS, because, it, you know, acronyms are popular. So it's child and mother sabotage, which is believed to be a better, more appropriate term than parental alienation. And when I say they, there are there's more than one academic. There's one in specific, Dr. Emma Katz, who's got uh, an article on Substack, which is then featured by a group that she's working with called Shira, S-H-E-R-A. And Shira is promoting this substitute phrase. So you can go look it up. It's called Child and Mother Sabotage, and you'll quickly find the names of all these people. And it is a, a, a new kind of movement to eliminate the term parental alienation, which they believe is a gendered term. And of course, there's nothing gendered about... Stop. I, I, I wish I could stop. <laughs> I really do. Parental alienation. Is that gendered? When this airs, please comment or email us. Parental alienation. How is that gendered? It's, How? The only reason that I've seen them say that it's gendered is because women are primarily found to be the perpetrators. Okay. Maybe Sorry. they stop doing it. Right. <laughs> Sex assault is gendered. Let's because call it's primarily it men. female assault. And, and you know, feminists like, say what, this like, too. What the f feminists say this too, that women are primarily the victims of sexual assault. So why is it unfair to say that men are primarily the accused, right? I mean, it's obviously... It's right, true, so therefore right? sexual assault is a genderized term and we should change it into something else. Like, this is insane. Oh, don't even get me going. I can, I can see my mind turning up. <laughs> I'm going to call it. <laughs> I don't want to get us canceled. <laughs> well, who knows? That may happen, but... You know, so their 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 proposition is because the complaint's a woman, but too often they're found to be the perpetrators of parental alienation, which is by and large true. Uh, men do it too, though. We are not um, pushing a narrative for any gender. We represent men 
and women. We don't give a f We think it's bad either way. Not good for the child, it's bad. And when people get charged through false allegations to try and use the children as a pawn, we think it's bad. And we just happen to have a good result where a judge was, was bold enough to say our client was factually innocent and the complainant child was not telling the truth and was most sad in the case was the child might actually believe her own allegation, which is false. This is a real decision. It's not a joke. No, it's a that's real an decision. interesting point too, because this is one of the things we made clear with our client was like, there's a difference between sometimes a child comes to believe that they were abused and sometimes horrifically come to believe and have right. memories of, of sexual abuse that never happened which I think is horrendous because that child is... Like, very... I never knew I had that memory until my mommy told me I had that yeah, memory. Yeah, but then they end up living... That with was it. another case of ours. But they end up living with the, the trauma that would come with an actual sexual assault, even though it never implanted. happened to them. It's implanted. Yeah. And um, so, you know, the, but there's... Is a, that not abuse? There's a... Uh, I, thought it, I thought it should be seen as such because... They've, 100%. They've now created a traumatized child who's living as if they were sexually abused, even though it never happened. And right. It's devastatingly horrible to do that to your own child. But um, there's a big difference between that and what, what occurred in our case where the judge actually found that he did not believe that the child even believed her own stories, right? So I have seen cases where there's a child who's gone to reparation therapy and said, you don't understand, dad, you're asking me to not believe my own memories. That's really hard for me. And I was talking to him. I said, you have to understand she's telling you the truth. She's being honest. And, and it sounded like they were getting close to some sort of you know, progress. But it's very difficult for a person who's come to believe certain things to be true to find out that their memories are false. But this was a case that was different. This was a case where she was actually knowingly lying. Knowingly lying. knowingly lying. Knowingly lying. I mean, the cross-examination, it was like shooting fish in a barrel, okay? Like, she just... Like, we had great evidence from our client. He documented his, his contact with her because he loved his daughter. He took pictures. He was a doting father. They, they, he built a whole gymnastics thing. They did, they did all sorts of shit together. And he took pictures because he loved her. We had literally a pictorial history. And they had a great relationship up until this divorce. And then after that, still a good relationship, but start to be eroded because of the actions, presumably, of the mother. But I got to go back to this article for a second. I'm sorry. It's just, well, I, know, I, I, I just, know. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. October 23rd, 2023. This is from the group, the organizing Dr. group. Dr. Something Something, okay. Director and founder of Shira. From parental alienation to, brackets, abusers, child and mother sabotage as a preferable term for how perpetrator fathers intentionally sabotage the child-mother connection. This article is written to introduce the new term child and mother sabotage as an alternative to the problematic term parental alienation and offshoots of it in family courts. What a piece of shit. Because they're finding that more and more people are being found guilty. It's of propaganda. And now they have to find a way to try and erase the damage done by the actions of the actual people found guilty of engaging. This in is absolute right? propaganda. It's absolute propaganda and men and women do bad things people lie we've said this a million times this is not like when you're in a bad divorce people do bad no. children are caught in the crosshairs it's bad and we need to overcome that but this doesn't help no it doesn't help it's not about fathers or mothers it's about both behaving wrong
Yeah. And when you read the whole thing, too, and I haven't, like, the majority, I'm sorry, the majority of cases we've dealt with are mothers doing, and it's not like we pull out of our ass this evidence. They f***ing have it! A f***ing child said to me in cross-examining, I didn't know I had that memory until my mother told me I had that memory. I know. Like, I didn't pull it out of my ass. It's real evidence. It happens, I know. But when you read that in full, too, you'll see that they actually try to... I told to, you I'm going to get, like... They, they try to demonize defense lawyers for successfully showing parental alienation. They actually try to say... They demonize us for doing our job? Yeah. They demonize us... Us! ...for giving back the life to somebody who's been falsely accused. Yeah, it's you don't really it's give them back their life, beautiful. though. That's well, the problem. They can never Although our client got a vindication... In case, a vindication. Factually innocent. You f***ing tell me... How many f***ing lawyers get cases where they're so lucky to have factual innocence? Five. Five in 31 years, okay? That's how f***ed up everything is. Five in 31 years. We've and this poor guy recently. couldn't rejoice in it yet because he's lost his life with his daughter. I can tell you how many men have no contact with their children. No f***ing contact. It's painful. It's, it's life-altering. It's horrific. And we had to make a point with this particular client, too, to remind him that as, as demonic as his ex-wife was, to remember that it wasn't his ex-wife. And ex -wife. you know why you say demonic? Because we read the family court pleadings. We read these f***ing things that, like, is insanity. I'm sorry, go But ahead. It, it wasn't his ex-wife who testified against him. It was his daughter who knowingly lied and actually said to the police, I want him to go to jail, knowing that she was lying. Say that again slowly. You have to. What did the daughter say? Say that again. Because she was asked by police. Yeah. What would you like to see happen here? She said, I want him to go to jail. And, and? there's a finding that she knew she was lying in court. But, but, but this is, we need to slow down. <laughs> because that's what, the, that's what fathers need to remember too, is that, yeah, sure, okay, maybe it was started. And, and that child was demonized by the alienating parent. But in the end, when, the this, when this happens, the child took on that attitude and the child made it a conscious decision. And they have to be held accountable for that as well in terms of... Oh, f yeah. You can't just say, oh, well, if only they realized the mother or the father is bad, whoever the alienating parent was. There has to be some understanding by the alienated parent that their child made a choice. Right. In, Get in over the idea like that it's just, it's just the other parent. Because in these cases, the child has a lot of, a lot of involvement. People so, can change over time. Okay. Because, you know, okay. Right. Okay. How do you get around that? But here, here's this. Police officer asked, what would you like to see happen? Well, um, I'm worried about my father's girlfriend and his, and her daughter. I don't want him to be molesting her as well. So I'm concerned about her. A f***ing child she's never really f***ing met or spent time with. Sabotaging his relationship with his new partner and her daughter. Because she that felt was she one. was being replaced. Yeah, okay. Next, I want to see him go to jail. Just focus on that for a moment. Two things. I want to make sure my father doesn't do this to his partner's daughter and I want him to go to jail. Meaning I want to make sure that he is not allowed to have contact with his current partner or, or with children. Daughter. Yeah. You're right. Three. Yeah. Think about that. Let's pause. We got time on the on this podcast. Let's pause on how fing evil that is. And it's not just the evil of the mother. This is now the evil of the child who's 
who's made a conscious Absolutely. decision to lie, as was found in court. We were cross-examining. She was like, forget about the puppy that was there. She didn't even know there was a puppy, no. support puppy. I know. That that was so weird. Like, you know. She was leaning forward. Everybody else wanted and to f- engage. But she, she, she didn't even notice it was in the room. It was so <laughs> bad, we wanted to have the puppy with us. I know. Because she wasn't paying attention. It was her cute puppy. It was. It was a cute puppy. I know. No, but but she was like leaning over towards the... Because, of course, I have to cross-examine through Samsung TV, CCTV. But she was leaning over into the camera. The puppy's like f***ing here. Support workers are there. She couldn't give a f*** about them. Totally engaged with us. Hammering away. I don't, want him to, I don't want him to sexually abuse his partner's him. daughter. I don't want him to sexually abuse other children. I, I f***ing want him to go to jail. Like, f***. Do you know what makes me laugh? Is when we have complainants like this who think that they can control your cross-examination. Yeah, I love that. Good luck with that. And she, she, she's, she's a very intelligent child, and she's been, you know, found to be a, a highly intelligent child. And she's, so, she thinks she's so smart. She thought she could control her cross examination, and was, she was trying to play head games with you. It's almost like that. What they say about narcissists and why they're untreatable, because the narcissist just wants to play head games with the therapist. But here's what's important to consider. Here's a segue. You need to have a lawyer who knows what they're f-ing doing. Don't hire a lawyer because they have a dancing video. <laughs> no, don't even get us going. <laughs> you know, if you go to a law firm advertisement and there's a video out and they're like dancing and doing stuff like, yeah, don't, don't hire that law firm. Hire real lawyers, okay? There's a lot of really good lawyers out there. Um, that's a sort of an inside joke because we were looking at some advertising by other law firms, and I'm not going to mention them, but <laughs> I, I, near, I nearly took a shit. Oh, it's so, come on. So it's no, we're not done yet. I'm not done with this one. I'm not done with this. Yet. Okay, okay. Well, okay, I know we can go minute. on for ages, how, and I'm sure people would love to hear How far along more. are we? Okay, sorry. Okay. So, in order to... You need lawyers in teams. Like, Diana and I work in a team. We have a lawyer. We're a team. We need a team approach to this. You need to know what to do. You need to think it out, talk it out. You need to have experience. You need to be as a parent. I'm a parent. And you need We've to understand how easy it is to be convicted. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we have a appellate division. We know what happens. We take nothing for granted. We... Everything. No stone unturned. We think it out. We write it out. We do it on the board. Although it's a murder board. It's not really a murder board. It's a sexual <laughs> assault board. Murder board. It's not a murder board. It's a sexual assault board. We plot everything out. You've got to know what you're doing to defend these cases but stop and think about this this guy is a successful individual who's a nice human being who is a good dedicated father he just didn't get along with his wife at the time and i'm sure when they got married they loved each other i'm sure in there she's a wonderful person and loves her daughter very much but divorce can bring out the worst in us right it became about power. The line between love and hate is very thin. And it became about power. And rejection. And revenge. And unfortunately, the child suffered in this case. But everybody suffers. And this was a very serious issue in this case. Well, it always is because one of the things people always find themselves asking themselves when they're the trier of fact, be it a jury or a judge, why would a child say such a thing about their own parent? Excellent point. That's always going to be a factor that's playing in the back of somebody's mind. And this judge was able to assess all the evidence, 
look beyond whatever manifestations of the abuse was alleged and really assess and say, no, I absolutely believe him. I find him innocent. I find him factually innocent. I find that she's lying. And I'm concerned about the fact that she actually believes her own lies. Do you know what breaks my heart in these cases? Where, like When you went through all of these amazing photographs that show... So let's talk about that for the, a moment. Because the photographs are important because yeah. some people don't have this. But we had like hundreds of photographs. And not just photographs of somebody smiling, but photographs of showing them going geocaching, going on these great events. Geocaching again. Like you look up where something's hidden, and then you go and you find it, and you leave your own thing. It's kind of like Pokemon Go or something like that. I don't know. I've never done it, but but like they were actually going out and doing things. They were cycling together on bicycles. Was that like a watch? Like a Rolex would be stored under some rock in Oshawa, and I have to go find it. Oh, if there was a Rolex, you'd find it. If there was a Rolex, you'd find it. Or an Omega (laughs) or a Panerai. (laughs) You'd probably be very upset about all these days. Okay, right. But uh, no, they did. They did interesting things. He put, you know, like gymnastics. Like you said, you know, really interesting stuff. They he built a, a gym camp, for her, right? And he and he built like a little circus camp uh, thing for her to, to work on. He bike ride with her to school. He bike bike ride with her to school, and uh, you know, they had all these photos of not just her being happy, but showing the things they did together. This was a very devoted father who gave, you know, most children would wish they had this kind of childhood. And, and yeah, then this happened to him. Yeah. And fortunate for him, he just loved his daughter and the time together. So he took tons of pictures. So oh, I they love... baked pies. I don't even know how to bake a pie. Uh, uh, okay. Well, we can <laughs> okay, teach you. Sure. But, you know, they cook together, bake pies. So I love demonstrative evidence. Demonstrative evidence is something objective you can rely upon to cross-examine or use at trial. Pictures are a perfect example. So there were tons of pictures we got, and we, we picked a very good selection over the time of the allegations. And part of the cross was... That's a big skill, though, too, is because, you know, we had, like, hundreds and hundreds of pictures, and then whittling them down took a lot of effort, too. But we had quite a bit. Because you put in too much, and it can be... It, it becomes... You, you, you lose the benefit of it. But we start, you know, picture after picture. And then she started to dig down. She started to double down. This is how much she wanted to f- get her dad right she was not remorseful at all when no she but saw like there's like there's wonderful that. pictures of them laughing and joking and playing games and doing stuff and it's although she said this entire time she's being sexually abused horrifically by him but she's they're playing games they're going horseback riding they're doing gymnastics they're doing baking and then here she goes oh well you can see he he, he she made up an allegation uh he he walked into the shower and, and looked at me while I was showering. I couldn't shower anymore in his apartment when he moved out on his own. And and if you look in this picture, she goes, my hair wasn't washed. I know. Oh, she was, she would not have. So I, I tendered another picture. Was your hair washed or not washed there? She goes, was it washed? I go, okay, okay, next. You know, it was just f-ing bullshit. Because she right? wouldn't admit to being happy in a single picture. Not, that's, that, well, that's what, that's an immature witness, right? But we had picture after picture after picture after picture. And I, I got to tell you, like, you know, that's a very effective way of cross-examining. I've learned a lot it, when I was very young from John Rosen about how to cross-examine. And, and pictorial evidence is sometimes one of the best pieces of evidence you can rely on. And this was like just a f-ing wealth of evidence to cross on. But she would double down. Well, my hair is not clean there. I wasn't happy. Isn't that you smiling? I'm not really smiling. 
I, 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 I'm itchy. That's why my face looks like that. It was just bullshit. I know. We were so lucky in this other case, though, where hopefully he can still, even though the one child was well gone with alienation, that he may still be able to recover access to his son. And it was like... Oh, the other one, yeah. You know, and it was so but wonderful this case, because done. in terms of the alienation in that case, which we've mentioned before, you know, he recounted in court while testifying, my mom asked me if I would live with her forever. And I said, well, I don't really know because I might have other plans at some point. Let me give you an update <laughs> on that one. The clients just spoke to me because there's a there's ongoing family court issues and that's not happening anytime soon and in fact the uh, complainant mother client was acquitted of all charges against her the children and everything that's the one which this young cute kid said i didn't know i had this memory until my mommy told me i had this memory guess what she's thinking about bringing an action in family court for abuse oh yeah that's how bad it is it's and it goes both, it's and again, it happens to men and it happens to women. Unfortunately, predominantly men are the victims of these allegations. And we cannot let them be erased because parental alienation does not erase women. But this new proposed term erases... No, but this bullshit, this, this new, absolute f***ing bullshit. This new proposed term erases men as victims of parental this alienation. This is absolute f***ing bullshit. And there's no way to justify it without... Child and mother sabotage. Like, what the f***? Where's, where's the Is man that, that gender neutral? Where's the man in that? Where's the male victim? I don't see father. They're not even saying that women are primarily victims. This is the, the problem with what's going on in our society now. It's war. It's absolute f***ing war. Yeah. We say, and I say over and over, we represent men and women at both ends of the spectrum. Things happen. We're not saying one is more righteous than the other. The reality is, unfortunately... We have a number of cases where women engage in alienating behavior. This isn't going to help, guys, ladies, our public. It's not going to help. We won't solve issues this way. Because this is the way to draw more lines and make things worth for children. And it shows, it shows that they don't understand a simple fact, which is the primary victims of alienation are children. The children! Here's to saving lives. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share if you like our podcast. And if you have extra blood pressure medication, please send it to me. I think I need it right now. Good night, everybody.